baddies. We, I, where do I start? Well, let's start here. Welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Okay, listen, what you're already doing. Um, this strawberry full moon in Sagittarius has thrown your girl for a loop. I have never, in my whole life, that's a little dramatic, probably at some point, but I can never remember being so energized by a full moon. <laughs> I'm very sleep deprived right now, but it's because my energy is so high. Like I'm feeling literal vitality coursing through my veins when, usually when there's a full moon, let's flash back to the Scorpio full moon. That was like May 16th, 17th. That almost killed me. <laughs> it really took a lot of us out. I was so exhausted then because I was just, I, I mean, I feel like I was literally under the crushing weight of the physical moon itself and was so isolated and felt so depressed and anxious and just horrible and exhausted because of that. It just like drained everything good out of me. Smash cut to strawberry full moon in Sagittarius and I am alive. It's, it's so kooky. I have never felt like this with a full moon. I told you all before, usually I'm like, okay, is anyone else getting their ass kicked by the moon? What's going on? And the people that are like, oh, it's been great. Like, I don't, what are you talking about? I've got so many blessings and I've been achieving so much. I'm just like, I didn't ask you. I wasn't asking for this. <laughs> I was asking for commiseration. I wasn't asking for positive feedback from your experience. But I'm that person this time. I feel great. I am definitely sleep deprived, but it's because I'm like making moves. I'm, I just feel good. I, I, and color me shocked because if you know me, I famously, um, am not a huge, not currently, but in the past have famously not been a big fan of Sagittarius, Sagittarius, can't even pronounce it. Um, so when I knew this for once in my life, I knew a astrological event was coming. And so when I knew it was going to be a full moon in Sagittarius. I was like, okay, just like, girl, you just gotta like prepare. You gotta smudge. You gotta light a candle. You're going to just, you're going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I was expecting the worst because the last full moon was horrific. And me and Sagittarius are, you know, we bump heads a lot or have historically famously again, but, um, this has been, been enlightening and lively and beautiful. And I don't, maybe it's just a good, it's, it has good PR. Strawberry full moon sounds beautiful. It sounds like a lush, uh, blooming time. You know, it coincides with the strawberry harvest. A lot of the names that we use, um, for like our different moon cycles come from, oh, I'm going to say it right. Algonquin names. So it's like, you know, Native American the purest form. So strawberry moon sounds beautiful and happy and, and lively. And apparently I have been underestimating Sagittarius this whole time because it is such a bold, lively, enthusiastic sign and it has all these attributes to it. And I've been looking at the bad side. So shame on me for that. Um, you know, you can't judge a horoscope by its cover. So if you meet one person or two people that are Sagittarius and, or, you know, any sign, that give you a bad taste in your mouth. It's definitely don't let them represent the whole because that is absolutely not the case. Um, yeah, I'm so hyped. It, it's been the best. <laughs> um, I was looking up the other, you know, I'm not the most versed person in astrology. I just, I keep it, I keep it in my pocket because I want to be aware of what's going on, but I'm usually like way too late. I'm like, Oh, there's a full moon tomorrow. 
I have zero things I need, but let's go on top of it. But I was looking at other um, names for this one, and it's also the Mead Moon, the Honeymoon, and the Rose Moon. Uh, those are from European naming traditions. And doesn't it all just sound so beautiful and so sweet? So it's really brought in this sweet time, and I don't know. I'm just so enthusiastic about it, and I feel like we are all going to experience so much blossoming and so much blooming during this time. It's going to be a pretty dope period. Uh, we do have a Mercury in retrograde not that far away. <laughs> But, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> we can't control the cosmos, even though they kind of control us. But we're going to be fine. But with this, like, because it's been such a drastic shift from the last full moon that we had in Scorpio to this beautiful <laughs> strawberry. I just want to take a bite out of it. That name, strawberry full moon. I'm just like, it sounds so good. <laughs> um, I It made me very aware that maybe something that would be a really great task for all of us to take on. And this isn't your homework for this week. This is a bonus opportunity, bonus assignment. I don't know what to call it. This is just a bonus. I would say we're gonna, you should just do it for yourself. It's something I'm going to do for myself and it's something to check in with. I am going to start keeping a moon journal because not only is it just way more beneficial to track the moon cycles for yourself. You know, if you are someone that menstruates, you already are kind of aware about what the moon's doing because you're like, oh, the moon, okay, that's my period. Got it. Here we go. Let's knock it out. 28 days. Bam, bam, bam. But so we do have that connection already. I think it does make us kind of aware and, and keep it, keep it in our mind where the mic, what the Michael, what, what the moon is cycling. There we go. Uh, through, but I think it would be really beneficial if we all were keeping a moon journal to, be aware of how each moon is affecting us. And so then we can look at patterns and we can look at certain trends that are emerging and then incorporate that into our practice or, you know, incorporate certain self-care when we know it's going to be a certain kind of way. Instead of, I'm just floating through life being like, why do I feel horrible? And then I'm like, oh, there's a full moon. Or like, why do I feel so vibrant? Oh, there's a full moon. <laughs> And maybe I could do so much more with my practice if I was anticipating that more. So, of course, I personally can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone think back to, like, all the full moons we've had this year so far. But the Scorpio full moon was so striking to me. It was so... It was so much. I mean, I know even when I recorded that episode, I I was just like, I hated... I don't want to say I hated I was aware that my energy was lower and I was aware that my energy was just, it was just taken out of my body. And, you know, I'm never, if I can avoid it at all costs, no matter how I'm feeling, if I'm sick like last week or whatever, I'm always going to try to put out an episode. But I was bummed that I was bummed, you know, and not at my usual bubbliness. I don't know. This moon is totally <laughs> been the opposite of that. So I'm feeling so good. Um, and I'm not sick anymore, so I think my body, like, went through that process of um, whatever that little flu or bacteria or buggy boo that I picked up on the airplane or in J the, my hell day in JFK where I was there all day long around 10 billion people. But you know what? Traveling's a privilege, so I'm not going to complain about it, even though I – I mean, I'm going to complain more than I just did. But I don't like not being at my best, what I deem to be my best, and – especially when it's not necessarily my doing. I just got hit with this full moon and a lot of things just came flushing out, rushing out at once. 
So I want to start with that Scorpio full moon. So if you can just go back a month ago and just kind of journal it out a little bit and workshop it, <laughs> write down, how did it affect you? How was it feel? How did it feel for you? Um, were, was your magic waning? Was it more powerful? What did you practice during that time period? What were you drawn to during that time period? I mean, I know we posted in the Facebook group and some people were like, Oh, it's been awesome. I've had so much energy. It's been such a blessing. And again, I was like, thank you for your commentary. <laughs> but I think it's a good place to start because it's just one month removed. I also think a good practice would be, I mean, number one, get a cute journal. Um, my friend Heidi collects journals. She, she has like one for every occasion. And I'm trying to get on that level because I love a good journal situation. I have so many unfilled journals because I just think they're really pretty. But you know what? We're going to have a, we have our dream journal. We've been supposed to be doing that. Have we been doing it? I have not. I have been so bad about that. Ooh, okay. We're going to do our dream journal as well. That's, that's an old school assignment that I probably should have checked on before now. You know what? It's okay. We can do it now. We're bad witches. We have time. We can do it now. It's okay if we haven't been keeping up with it since that episode. Um, but yeah, get yourself a beautiful journal, get it in like a nice blue or gray with some sparkles on the front. I think I actually used to have a journal that looked exactly like that, that I never wrote anything in either. Anyway, <laughs> I digress, but yeah, get a journal. And then I would write down the date and the time that, you know, the full moon kicked in. It doesn't have to be a full moon journal, but you can go with like, you know, the crescent, the waning, the, the new moon, all that stuff. And just be aware. It's just a way to slow us down. And it is like a meditative activity. You know, we've always talked about meditation doesn't have to look a certain way. You don't have to be, you know, gonging the bells and having incense lit and listening to Inya. I, do people listen to Inya? I don't know. That's the only new age name that came to my mind. And, you know, uh, laying with your feet pointing east and all that stuff. Any act can be meditative if you're putting your energy into it and your attention into it. And you're going through the ritual of the process. You know, we always say like spelling is a spell, writing is a ritual. It can be meditative. It doesn't always have to be in this perfect way. That's why we're bad witches. We find our own way to do everything. And we're, um, you know, we're eclectic witches because we find our own way to do everything. Now we know all the types, I think. I hope I didn't leave anybody out. No one said anything, so I hope not. But then I know people are still catching up on episodes. So, uh, yeah, just let me know if I did miss one. I'll throw into another episode or two or three or four, however many I missed. But, you know, we're eclectic witches. We can do things the way we feel most comfortable in that we're drawing in from. And so, yeah, Moon Journal... Write down your feelings, your impressions, your thoughts, what magic is working for you, what spells you're drawn to, what stones you're drawn to, um, you know, just your overall feeling. Do you feel cloudy? Do you feel sad? Do you feel lethargic? Do you feel hype? <laughs> Do you feel turned up? Do you feel aggressive? You know, there's some full moons where I, especially, whew, especially when we kick into that astrological new year and we get into Aries season, anything that happens in that time, I'm like, who wants to fight? Just let me know. <laughs> You know, sometimes our aggression is pulled out more by a moon. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm very sad or I'm very happy. It can be, I'm very curious. I'm very um, expressive. I'm very angry. It can be all kinds of things. So I think that would be a good practice. It makes us aware of what our rhythms of our body and our spirit and our practice are going through. It makes us aware of our connection to the moon. And putting that with your own birth chart and astrological sign to the extent that you know it. And I did a bonus episode today for Patreon where I 
So we've done the main feed episode where we did Sun Sign, Moon Sign, Ascendant. That's what most people know. Even if you're not really that into astrology, you can kind of rattle that off because it's it's become a cool thing. Like astrology is in, baby. Witchcraft is in. It's you know we're people. Everybody wants to be us. <laughs> You know, in a non-cocky way, everyone is into the witch thing and they want to be a part of it. So even people that maybe five, 10 years ago would have said, oh, it's poppycock, it's silly, I don't care, they can rattle off their top three, right? But um, on the bonus episode, I went through all of the planets and um, what I did my chart because that's what I had. And so what signs were in that chart and if it happens to sync up with yours, awesome, you have a more in-depth knowledge. But it was really important to talk about what planets controlled what. And what planets are in like a generational phase. And so it's something that we all share together if you're within like a seven, a 14 or a 30 year period. And what are strictly mine? It just makes you so much more aware and it fleshes everything out. Um, so it is a bonus episode on Patreon. I might dabble in it a little bit here in an upcoming episode. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to do all my episode planning live recording because... <laughs> You, you don't need to know that. I can, you know, take my journal and write it into my my full moon, uh, strawberry full moon in Sagittarius, thoughts, feelings, and ideas, and then I will come back with it. But it's really interesting to see how the moon works with your signs and not just your sun, your moon, and your ascendant. How many times can I say moon? And your ascendant, but with where your placement is in Mercury or where it is in Venus or Jupiter. In that episode, I also ranked the planets by aesthetic beauty. Um, and I just want to say that Jupiter is number one in my heart still. And I'm so curious if maybe the reason I'm doing so well with this particular full moon, despite it being like my nemesis sign. <laughs> I'm no, you know, I love so many of you. I've met so many amazing Sagittariuses in the lot. Sagittarii? I really don't know. In the past year, year and a half. And so it's totally rebranded the sign for me. So <laughs> I'm going to stop my light dragging that I'm doing. It's not fair. Libras, you're still, no, I love Libras too. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get one little Libra dig in. You know, I love you too. I'm just kidding. There's good in every single sign. But um, I am wondering if I'm responding so well to this one because Jupiter has been all up on us lately. And it's also influenced by Neptune, which is my uh, ruling planet as uh, a water baby over here. So I, you know, Sometimes things link up to make things worse, <laughs> but I think for once, uh, this Sagittarius full moon influenced by Neptune and Jupiter came together to do the damn thing and to give everyone a real positive pop-off energy. So I'm feeling it. I'm embracing it. I'm taking it in. I'm going to start my moon journal um, as soon as I'm done recording because I have about 17 that I need to fill up. <laughs> and uh, I think it would be really good to look back at the Scorpio full moon because it was brutal and it was way more brutal than anything I've experienced in a long time. And so I want to go back and dig into that a little bit and see now that I'm a little bit more versed in my own birth chart, because I finally got it in such a digestible sense that I can line things up a little better and see how all the pieces fit and why it came from my life and my soul and my spirit. <laughs> and then put that against this full moon and just, you know, see what the last month has really kind of just break it down and see what the last month has been like, what it's given me. Cause, um, after I had the Scorpio full moon, I was really, really a bad witch. And I mean, part of it was because I was traveling so much. And so I just couldn't 
have, I just didn't have my tools with me. I couldn't just cast a circle in the hotel pool or like parking lot. You know, I didn't have uh, any of my smudging tools. I didn't have any of my crystals. I didn't even have my cards and I usually travel with them. But because I was going to so many places, I was just scared they would be gone. And of course you can always get a new deck, but you know, you get really attached to your deck and when it does come time to retire it, you, there's a whole ceremony you can go through to honor it. Don't uh, burn them. I think I've said that before, but no, nope, you know, you can, I wouldn't do that. Oh, uh, but there is a beauty in like cleansing with fire and releasing the flame, but flames, but, um, yeah. So if anything happens to them, I'd be devastated and it would take me a long time to find another deck that was meant for me that called to me. Cause you know, mine called, they were like, come on girl, come to the store. Don't worry. We're not tarot. So it won't be a problem. <laughs> but I have been like, a very bad witch in the past month. And I do in part blame it on that full moon because I just felt, it just had carried such a sense of hopelessness with it. And when you feel hopeless, it's really hard to make magic. And you know, our magic is always there, but it goes through periods where it's a little quieter and a little more in the background. And that's okay. You know, the thing with being a bad witch, you don't have to just be a witch all the time. You can just, be a person who happens to be a witch, but they're not really focusing on that part of their life right now. And so with like, I don't see, I don't want to talk about it too much. So I'm gonna be like, it was such a bummer because <laughs> we have such a good one right now. But with that energy, it's hard to want, you know, maybe that's just for me. Maybe some people had a rough time with it or with this moon right now. And they're like, no, F that I'm actually going to use my magic and my powers even more. I'm going to pull myself out of this. I am not that person. <laughs> I'm going to wallow a little bit. I'm in the, uh, listen, I'm underwater. I'm floating around and in the depths. I'm going to wallow a little bit. It's just a water sign thing. And so I do. So that, you know, looking at that, those, what was going on at that period and looking at what's attracting me now, it's like, I want to smudge. I want to get my crystals out. I want to do candles. I want to cast this, throw that cast in a circle. I want to do spells. I'm so excited about the summer solstice coming up for us now, which is what we're going to be talking about today. But yeah, let's get our moon journals going. And, um, I always encourage you to get up on that Facebook page and, um, let me know how the full moon's been for you. A lot of people shared their pictures of the full moon. It was just gorgeous. I love that y'all went outside and did that, especially because I don't like going <laughs> into nature as we all know. And, um, especially now cause it's mosquito central. And if I go outside for one second, they, uh, take all my blood and as an anemic, I don't have that much to spare. So I really try not to go outside. Um, I think last summer there was one point where I had like 27 mosquito bites and I don't, I'm not a nature bound person. They, they're just like, mm, she's so good. It's taking all of my witch energy out of me, I guess. <laughs> but I love that people shared their pictures of the moon. It was so bright and big and beautiful and it looks hopeful and it feels hopeful. So I'm so excited about it. And yeah, so let's get our moon journal going and uh, share how you felt about it in the Facebook group. Maybe up on Twitter, Instagram, uh, anywhere. The Bowage Podcast at gmail.com. Wherever you feel comfortable, reach out. Let's talk about it. Uh, and if this moon was terrible for you, <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at myself for once being like, this has been the best moon ever. I'm so happy. And you're probably like, I'm turning this podcast off. <laughs> I won't be back. <laughs> if that's the case, I'm sorry. Because I know when it's bad, it's bad. And if it has been bad for you, I hope you can turn it around and maybe through the process of doing your moon journal, you can find some beauty in it. 
or find some revelation or find some kind of hope or excitement because that feeling of hopelessness that comes with a bad moon phase, um, it's hard. It's hard to climb back out of. And, you know, it never hurts to do your bath ritual with your crystals and your sea salt. It never hurts to smudge. But sometimes even that isn't enough to pull you out of that funk. Sometimes you just have to feel the funk and go through it and, you know, wait in the, the wallow and wait a little bit and then come out on the other side when you've been through the cycle. It's, everything's a cycle. Everything's a circle. Take your drink. <laughs> Those are our keywords. But that's the beautiful thing about any kind of cyclical existence, and that's what we live, and that's what we deal with with nature. You, listen, we've gone through these whole elemental episodes and this witch, what kind of witches you are episodes. We know about cycles and circles by now. And that's the beautiful thing. A down period is always going to be met with another up period. Now, will the up period be met with another down period? Yeah, that's how circles work and cycles work. That's what cyclical movement is. But there's always that good coming. And we deserve good. We already know that. So you just got to get through that low part, get to the high part again. It's going to be good. We'll eventually go to another low part. Yeah, but then it makes when you get to that high part again, so much sweeter and so good. And we deserve that good. So if it's kicked your ass a little bit, much like it did mine last month, I'm just going to tell you to say the mantra, know that you deserve good, know that you are loved and you're welcome. And you have this whole community here for you. And you know, I never, uh, I don't want the Facebook page to ever be a place where people just come to like, and just like vomit out negativity and complaints and you know oh my husband didn't empty the dishwasher should I break up with like you know things like that or oh you know this girl at work stole my nail polish should I hex like no let's not deal with petty frivolous things however I very much do encourage people to express how they're feeling. And if you just have to rant every once in a while because, you know, things just aren't great, I welcome that. You, It doesn't always have to be like, oh, funny memes and witch talk and, you know, moon pictures, which is great. I love all that stuff. The memes literally knock me out. I'll <laughs> be in public just laughing my head off. But it is okay to sometimes come in and not be negative, but be expressive. If you do... You know, because I do that on the podcast. I throw all my stuff out. I'm like, yo, I'm having a bad week. I'm, this this moon really messed with me. Yo, I'm sick. Like, I'm trying to power through. Yo, I went through this breakup. It wasn't the best, but we're going to do this anyway because, you know, I have a responsibility to you to show up. And you don't have a responsibility to me to show up, but I hope you show up because, you know, we're 22 weeks into this coven, 21 weeks, I don't know, something like that, into this coven by now. So I hope you're there. But, you know, we offer each other support and love. So it is okay if you want to come into the Facebook group sometimes and be like, y'all, I'm going through a rough patch. That's fine. And I want, and if some of you have been kind of shy about posting in there, don't be. It's, it's fine. Someone will like it. Someone will love it. Heart reacts only. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so if you are going through a rough period with the moon, it's totally okay to post it and be like, this is what's going on with me. Or if you're just going through anything, um, you know, I would... My, my request would be to keep it not to keep away from frivolous petty stuff, even though that's valid too. things irritate us, but usually there's like a deeper reason it's getting to us. So let's try to get to that. But um, yeah, share what you're feeling. Don't be afraid to say I need support and I need love and I need help. And that is what I'm offering you right now. If you are in that down swing, if this moon came and just sucked the life out of you, I'm, I'm throwing all that love and support 
and community energy to you. So, you know, if you need it, ask for it. We, you know, when I'm doing my readings a lot, there's cards that I get that I get, I get this a lot with women and it's because it's a role that we tend to take on where we're afraid to ask for help and we feel like we have to do everything ourselves and be everything to everyone and take on everything and we're also afraid to establish boundaries. No, no. When you're doing your moon journal, write down your boundaries and the shit you're not about to take with this <laughs> full moon and what you're exercising out of your life. And don't be afraid to ask for help because that's what a coven is. We are a community. That's it. If you saw American Horror Story Coven and that's your only basis because you're a baby witch, don't worry. None of us are going to try to kill you. <laughs> you're not going to get stuck in, um, you're not going to get stuck in any other realities like, you know, our beloved blonde witch. I won't name specific names if you haven't watched it yet. I don't, I don't know if a spoiler can come out like seven years later, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe you haven't seen it. But yeah, it's community. And so I do hope you're doing well. I hope it hasn't been brutal for you. You know, I love you all so much. And uh, speaking of loving all of you, let's do our Patreon shout outs real quick. And then we are going to jump into the beautiful summer solstice. <laughs> summer solstice. Um, yeah, I don't, I've mentioned before, I have a speech impediment. So summer solstice, this is going to be a fun episode. Okay, so a very special thank you, a loving strawberry full moon thank you to our patrons this week. We have Maya. Aurora, Lindsay, Alicia, Courtney, Heidi, Stephanie, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Aaron, Carla, Sola, Amanda, Lena, and Nalling. Thank you so much. You guys don't know how, I mean, you guys, sorry. You baddies don't know how much I like geek out whenever <laughs> I get an email to my bad witch. You know, because all day I'm dealing with like brands and clients and like, Everyone's annoying. But when I get email and it pops up in my bad witch folder, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Because it's either like a new Patreon person or it's um someone wanting to do like an outside reading or someone who's just saying hi and wanting to talk about the podcast. So it like makes my absolute life. It's so exciting. Okay, so we have the summer solstice. That's one time I said it right. <laughs> I was about to say like, let's do a drinking game every time I say it wrong. Um, but let's drink water so you'll be as hydrated as I hope to be one day. <laughs> but yeah, we have the summer solstice coming up on June 21st, which is Friday. So you will definitely get this podcast episode before it happens. So we can uh, actually do some stuff about it. It's one for once in my life. I wasn't like, oh, I should have talked about that. <laughs> See, when you do your moon journal and you're aware of what's going on and you actually know what day it is, you can get a lot done. So let's get into the science of the summer solstice, <laughs> all these S words first, which is, I know that's why you're here. Like this has all been a masquerade, masquerade for what going on five months where you just were pretending you wanted to talk about witchery, but actually you wanted to hear my hot science takes, but yeah, let's talk about the science behind it and what the summer solstice. Ooh. All right. What the summer solstice actually is, and then we'll get into all the magic that's associated with it and all the magic that we can make with it. So I'm going to actually read this. You know, I love a good reading to y'all moment. Um, just so I don't jumble up what the heck I'm going to say. I'm not the most science-minded, math-minded, no aptitude for, well, I have a little more aptitude for science than math, but clearly my mind works pretty quickly. I think you all have a sense of that by now, as does my speech is pretty quick. So 
if I start talking, I'm already hyped up and excited and on this full moon energy. Who knows what I'm going to say? I'm going to jumble it up. So let's get the facts out. Let's read the facts. So you hear the word solstice all the time. We have a summer solstice coming up on June 21st, Friday at 11.54 a.m. Okay, so the solstice, I said I was going to read it, but here, I'm going to talk about it too. So the solstice is when at this time during the year, the sun is going to be at its highest point in the sky at noon. So it's noon, yeah, but for us, it's going to hit at 11.54 a.m. And um, if you are in the other hemisphere, the west, nope, nope, southern? <laughs> hemisphere, then yours is opposite of ours, I believe. You know what? If I read it, I could actually tell you what the real answer is. And also y'all can tell me. I know there's listeners outside of the US. So you can be like, Mickey, Mickey, you were, don't speculate. Okay. So, so that is the one we have on Friday, June 21st, 1154 AM. Good to know. Good to keep in mind when you're, we're going to get our spells and rituals and magic going. And in a few months, the winter solstice, December 21st, will be here too. But what do these solstices, oh, plural solstice is not easy either, signify and why should you care? Okay, so scientifically, why should we care? Oh, rude. I just got to pop up. Okay. For one, these events occur when the sun reaches its highest point in the sky by noon, summer, and inversely, when it reaches the lowest point in the sky at the same time, winter. So there you go. They mark the start of two of the four seasons and have influenced the culture and customs of ancient empires, including the Romans, Greeks, and Chinese. And I'm sure lots of other cultures, not just those three. Here's everything you need to know about solstices. So we're not going to go through every everything you need to know, but we do throw these words out a lot. And especially if you're a baby witch and you're new to this and true to this, sorry. <laughs> or if you've taken a step back and you're getting, you're just rusty. I mean, I have to remind myself about things in witchcraft all the time. And I'm a born witch and it's been a part of my life for so, so long. And I've been deep in it, especially in this, this period for so, so long. And I still have to be like, wait, what does that word mean? I learned what trying means today. Okay. Lena. Um, okay. Side note. Lena is one of our witches in the coven and she says it's okay to shout her out. So, Hey girl. Hey, um, she is a cosmic witch and she is going to start doing a like astrology breakdown, update, recap, timeline, what's going on with the stars on Mondays in the Bad Witch group. So if you're in the Bad Witch group, um, if you didn't see her post yet, I'm really, really excited about that. That's going to be so amazing because I know all of us are really interested in astrology and there is so much to learn. And having our very own cosmic witch is going to be all the better because it won't be me being like, um, I think this is what this means. I think this is what try means. Saying all that today, she explained to me what trine means. So I know I say a lot in this podcast and in the bonus episodes because we've been doing astrology. I'm always like, what the hell does trine, I can't even say it. What the hell does trine mean? So it means when something is within, girl, tell me if I'm not saying this right. <laughs> I, I'm still not that great at math, but it's when something is within 120 degrees. So the way she explained it is because I'm a Pisces, Scorpio and Cancer are within 120 degrees of that of the placement. And so they're trying. So it has to do with the degree signature. And that's why those are my three, my, my sun, my moon and my ascendant. Yes. So if you've been wondering what trying means, that's it. I know I always say it. And then I never have actually looked at it because I get confused when I see these math related words and birth charts and all that stuff. 
But if you're in the group or if you've been, you know, questioning joining the group, Lena's going to start doing that on Mondays. So it's going to be something really, really exciting. And because the solstice, we are dealing with the cosmos and the sun and the stars and all of these things. It's, it's important to, listen, we don't all have to be astrologers, right? I'm clearly not, but it never hurts to keep learning and to keep growing and to pick up all these things along the way. You don't have to be a cosmic witch to still want to have a good knowledge and understanding of the cosmos because it does work into our magic and power our spells and our own internal magic and our magic, you know, that binds us together with our coven and other witches and our rituals and all those rituals and all those beautiful things. So, um, yeah, if you've been wondering about joining the group, like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm kind of shy, or I'm just not on Facebook that much, or it, it's election season, I just can't join Facebook because I don't want to have to, like, curse out any of my relatives for saying anything ignorance. <laughs> Trust me. I get it. I'm from the South. I get it. But um, we are going to start having that astrology update. So back to solstice. Also, every time I say the word solstice, <laughs> I don't know if y'all had this, but in the mall where I'm from when I was growing up, we had a really like she, she, she designer eyeglass store called solstice. And I remember all of my friends that worked there or maybe like people that had been in high school with me and had graduated and were, you know, college freshmen or sophomores, they all had like superiority complexes about working there because they sold like, I don't know, diesel sunglasses. Anyway, <laughs> totally besides the point. But every time I hear the word solstice, of course, I mean, it makes sense because it has to do with the sun, sunglasses. Here we go. Okay. Last tangent for now. You know, that's probably not true, but let's go with it. Okay, so the word solstice is a Latin derivative of two words, sol, sun, and sister or sistere, it might be sistere, which is stop to be still. So all of you uh, root word heads out there, there you go. A solstice is defined as an event when the sun is at its highest or lowest point in the sky. Covered that. This happens twice a year and the occurrence of the summer and winter solstices mark the longest and shortest two days of the year respectively. So for us on Friday, we are going to have the longest day of the year. And by that, it's going to be the longest daylight. So we're going to have a ton of fun in the sun, basically. When While solstices are sometimes confused with equinoxes, I do this. I always confuse the two. They're not the same thing. Solstices and equinoxes share shimmel... <laughs> share? Share? <laughs> Similarities, like the fact that they're both ruled by the equator's distance from the sun during each season. But, you know, we haven't talked about the like importance of seasons so much. And I kind of, I'm, I'm putting so much energy into our um, Halloween extravaganza that is literally months away and talking about Samhain then. But seasons are really, really important to magic. So maybe we should just do a full out episode on that in the coming weeks and not save it until October. I mean, I, I, I'm going to try to do so much in the Halloween episode. I'm going to have to do like, um, you know, on YouTube, YouTube or like old episodes of Oprah, they would do like 12 days of Christmas and do giveaways all day. We might have to do 12 days of Samhain and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have so much to say about it. Okay. So let's talk about what an equinox is because it never hurts to have more knowledge. Equinox comes from the medieval Latin word equinoxium, which uses Aquis, equal, and nox, night. An equinox occurs when the sun lines up so that the equator bisects it. The equator. The occurrence gives us a day that is equal parts daytime and nighttime. Okay, so that's where we're getting that from. Equal, equal daylight, equal nighttime. 
This signals the beginning of spring, the vernal equinox, and fall, the autumnal, that word's so hard for me, equinox each year. During an equinox, the sun is closest to the equator. I, uh, when I was in elementary school, I had a teacher tell me once that the only time that you can ever stand an egg up on, it's like, not the pointy end, but the more flat rounded end is on an equinox. <laughs> that's not true. I don't know if anyone's ever heard that. I don't know if that's like a common urban legend, but you can stand an egg up anytime, just in case you were wondering. Okay, so then there's some in-depth math and a, all kinds of statistics about degrees, and we're just going to skip right over that part and go into a little bit more of uh, the history of the solstices and equinoxes and just how we, and I'm not even going to say necessarily as witches or magical beings, even though, mm, never mind, we'll skip that. We'll skip that thought. Save it for another day. But just as humans, how we have always, always tended to want to find explanations for things in a magical mystical way versus necessarily like a practical way and I of course understand that not all of you know human evolution and every culture that we've ever had has had access to the technology and the breakthroughs that we've had you know from the beginning of time to almost to halfway to 2020 although a lot of civilizations have been so advanced in in many many ways I was about to go on a, tan a tangent about seeing Aquaman again and watching <laughs> something about Atlantis, but we don't have time for that. But I do actually think that Atlantis exists. And if you have seen the movie or if you've ever seen any kind of um, like pop culture reference to Atlantis, it's, it's always seen and viewed as this like insanely advanced society. And so I think that even though we don't, we wouldn't call like the science and the, the breakthroughs and the technology that we have now a hundred percent akin to what has been passed down and what was like achieved by other societies and other generations and other in other time periods. But I think that they all were aware of science and in their own ways, but still tended towards building lives and building communities and building a culture around the elements and the sky and the planets. I mean, we look, astrology is such an ancient thing it goes hand in hand with astronomy like following the stars and putting constellations together and uh, you know the naming traditions of constellations and the stories behind them and of pantheons of gods these are all things that have been around since antiquity and you know they in a lot of ways they were created to explain certain things like why why is the sun out longer today than it is, you know, in the other half of the year? And what creation, not necessarily creation myth, but what myth can we attach to that? And so I'm saying all that to say, and I hope this makes sense, what I'm trying to say is that I find it very interesting that natural, that magic is a natural, is something that people, not all humans ever, but I, I feel like humans as a species, as creatures that we are, you know, even way back in the day, we are naturally drawn to magic. And even when we have science at our disposal, we have math at our disposal. And again, maybe not at, it's not the same, not to the same extent that we do now in modern times, but it's always been there to some degree. I mean, the creation of the wheel, you know, <laughs> figuring out how to make your first fire. Th those are all things that are, are kind of based in science and engineering. But again, we can also make the argument that science, that fire is very much an element. But yeah, saying all that to say, I think it's really interesting that humans are drawn towards the magic 
and the elements and the natural world and kind of the witchery of it all. Um, and I don't think that's just because they don't have what we have now. I knew, I, I think I've brought this up before, but I think a lot of times people like to use science to disprove a lot of our magical, mystical stuff. But it is my belief, and, you know, I think kind of the, the deal with this podcast, if you're like an eclectic witch, and I think a lot of us are, is that you can have more than one thing be true. So you can believe in science and borrow from that. You can believe in the magical world and borrow from that. Um, like I talked about last last week, I believe, uh, fairies, I, I can't show you a picture and show you that fairies are real. I don't have a video of it. I haven't done any trials about it, but I just know they are. You know? So yeah, th this is just another side thing that, because I'm about to tell you a little bit about how, how humans have reacted to the solstices and what's going on with the planets and the sun and the stars and how we've incorporated it into our culture way, 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 way back when, before any of us were thought of and any of our parents, grandparents, great grandparents, so forth and so on were thought of. Yeah, I just think it's cool. I, I think that if we didn't have, if, if there weren't so many naysayers in society, I think a lot, a lot more people would be comfortable pivoting towards magic as a natural reaction and natural explanations for things, um, more so than we have now, because, you know, it's, it's been really in the last few years that people have been comfortable to quote unquote, come out of the broom closet and to say, I am a witch, or even if I, I don't want to call myself a witch, if I don't like that label, or if I'm just not comfortable using it yet, or I just want to learn more about it before I say it, there's a lot more comfort in people feeling like they can say, hey, I'm into this. I'm into magic. I believe it's real. I believe that psychics are real, mediums are real, ghosts are real, fairies are real, uh, all of these things. I believe in crystal ball and tarot cards and oracle cards and crystals and all of those wonderful things that are make up a part of our practice. And if, I, I think that's human nature. That's what I'm, this is what I'm trying to get to with this. I think it's human nature to want to be magical and tap into that magical, that magical side. And it's only because we have society telling us and maybe the influence of religion and science to some extent, but this is not a bashing on uh, science or religion at all, that we're told it's not real. And so we need to not believe in it or like push it to the wayside. But obviously if you're looking back at human history, it very much was a real thing that influenced so much about their day-to-day -day lives and their beliefs and their culture. So all that to say, let's go back to a little bit more of um, how those old humans that we all came from dealt with the solstices and what it meant to them. So why do solstices and equinoxes matter? Solstices and equinoxes are responsible for the change in seasons we experience every year. Hello. Some estimates have humans observing solstices as early as the Stone Age, which makes me think of Stonehenge, but I don't know if that was from the Stone... Probably not. But, <laughs> you know, Stonehenge is actually its own magical uh, uh, space in itself, and some people think that's like a vortex or a portal. But we'll talk about that another time. Um, as early as the Stone Age, so that's give or take 2.5 million years ago. So that's where I'm saying people have been observing this and it's been such a natural thing to us to attach to the cosmos and to magic for such a long time. And it's only kind of like the judgments of as, as history has moved on that we felt like we've had to move away from it, but it's very natural. This connection we have, if, you know, if you've been questioning, is this wrong that I am a witch or I believe in these things or I'm interested in them? No, it's not wrong. It, it could not, it's 
one of the most natural things in the world. It could not be more natural. So you're good. Don't stress about it. You're not doing anything wrong. Um, while others posit that Neolithic humans use the summer solstice as an indicator for planting and harvesting crops. So that's what I mean when I say it was something that is so intrinsic to everyday life. You know, this is how they knew, okay, um, the time is changing. The temperature is changing. We need to, to do this to survive. It's just, it's so amazing. Like our connection to the natural world when you really think about it. And when I do actually honor the earth, like I'm supposed to, it's, it really is so beautiful the way that earth takes care of us, takes care of us, the way the, the solar system takes care of us, how it affects us. It's not just all me complaining about sweating and dirt and bugs, you know, <laughs> you gotta see past that stuff or me. All I ever do is bitch about how bright the sun is and how hot it is, but I got to give honor to the sun because look at all the magic that it fuels us with, but also the real life necessities it fuels us with. So I'm going to stop complaining so much, even though it's a hot 90 degrees today. Easy. Um, solstices have been celebrated across cultures and span the globe, including in ancient China, where the summer solstice was revered as yin. Half of the dual philosophical concept of yin and yang in ancient Greece, shout out, where the summer solstice signified the upcoming Olympic Games. So it really, oh, it's just so magical, y'all, you know, like thinking about it, how if they didn't even have the full concept of what it is like we do now, it just, it meant so much to them. And we're still experiencing the same phenomenon of, you know, having these long hours and it's a demarcation of summer for us. And we set our lives by it too. I just think it's so beautiful. Like they saw these, this longest day of the year and it meant something to them. And we still see the same sun and have the same time period. It means something to us. Oh, it's just a beautiful cycle. I love it so much. Uh, meanwhile, European pagans, shout out, welcomed it by lighting bonfires and Native American tribes, shout out again, such as this. I'm saying that because my dad's Native American. <laughs> I, and also, I just, you know what? I love shouting out a, a tight group of people. I love it. Uh, such as the Sioux, we're seminal over here, but big ups, would greet it with ritual dance around a tree. Solstices are also associated with and celebrated in pagan religions. The winter solstice, Yule, I know you've heard that word before, Yuletide. And we will have to have a big conversation about how religion in the sense of we think of like Christianity really merged with paganism. And uh, that's why we will have words like Yuletide or that's why we celebrate Christmas in December. But we will definitely have that conversation another day. Um, has similar elements to Christmas celebrations because they borrowed them, uh, such as gift giving and meal sharing. Wiccans also observe Yule to celebrate the return of the hunter god, who is sometimes depicted as the North go Norse god Odin, and in other iterations appears, at <coughs> appears as Dionysus or Pan. Uh, side note, Pan, uh, sorry, not Pan. I mean, not, not that there's anything wrong with Pan, but uh, Dionysus or Bacchus is my favorite uh, god in the Pantheon because... He goes real hard. <laughs> and if you're stopping and saying, oh, Pan, why does that sound familiar? Why am I associating that with the summer um, solstice? If you have read A Midsummer Night's Dream, that is what summer solstice is. It's midsummer. Uh, my ex, who was Swedish, that's like the huge thing in Sweden. And there's actually a horror movie coming out about midsummer. It's uh, there. It's M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R, midsummer. Uh, it's not about my relationship, but it's another horror movie that's coming out. 
And uh, I, I think it'd actually be kind of cool to watch. And if you don't have a concept of how it's celebrated outside of the U.S., it's really beautiful in the Nordic countries. And I wish that is something I would have gotten to do. But unfortunately, we didn't go to like the full celebration. But, you know, one of these days. But, yeah, if you're hearing Pan and you're like, oh, why am I like associating that? It's because it's in Shakespeare in Midsummer Night's Dream. And the summer solstice is also referred to as Midsummer. So we're getting a lot of good cultural lessons now. <laughs> Oh, wait, except in Midsummer Night's Dream, he is Puck. But Puck and Pan share a lot of similarities, which is why I'm confusing the names. But yeah, um, Puck or Robin Goodfellow, shout out to my Shakespeare heads out there. <laughs> I know you're listening. Uh, it, it's all the same kind of association with Midsummer or the Summer Solstice. Actually, you know what? Because I'm talking about how we have had these like crazy ties and associations to the summer solstice and looking at a midsummer night's dream, I swear I'm not going to go on a whole literary tangent, but when I was an undergrad, my major was English and my like special area of study was Shakespeare. Midsummer night's dream is my favorite play. And, uh, it really is just now that I'm stopping to talk about it for the first time in a long time, it is so chock full of magic. Maybe that's why I was so drawn to it. You know, it's basically these Athenian youths, youths, hard word. And, um, they're being kind of, played with and manipulated and, and I don't want to say controlled by, like not in a negative sense, but kind of in a mischievous sense, they're being dealt with by these spirit sprites and these forest sprites, sprites. Yeah, that's a word, not like the drink, but you know, like fairies and sprites and, and mystical magical creatures with wings. They're all, they're, there's so much in this play and I have never, oh my gosh, I've never made this connection before. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a live, uh, I'm having a live revelation, but yeah, the reason that it's Midsummer Night's Dream is because it's taking place with Midsummer and all of these fairies and all this magic is specifically in that play because of it dealing with the summer solstice. Holy spamoli. I always just was like, oh, this is such a great comedy and it has great characters and, you know, there's so much mischievousness in it, and that's why I like it. It's just, it does have a magical sense to it, but I never, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to get my degree revoked. I never put together, like, the actual significance of Midsummer, and thus the summer solstice, and thus bringing in these magical elements, and being set, like, in the woods, and... <sighs> okay, also, here's one more thing about Shakespeare. <laughs> Just a side note, um, you know, in, in terms of Shakespeare, uh, a com comedy is always in, in marriage, and that's what signifies a comedy, and dramas end in death, and that's what signifies death. I mean, besides the overarching themes and tones. But yeah, because it is like a love story with a Midsummer Night's Dream, but it really is this like fantastical, mystical, magical thing. Midsummer, Summer Solstice. How about that? All of you that actually paid attention uh, in your literature classes in high school, in college are shaking me right now because <laughs> you probably already made that connection, especially if you're a witch. But yeah, dang, I never put that together before. That's why it's so magical because it's midsummer and that's why it brings in all these magical creatures and this element to like natural elemental witchcraft. How about that? Okay, so <laughs> let's see if there's anything else in this little article uh, that we want to acknowledge before we talk about what we're going to do for the summer solstice. Um, yeah, so I told you about Sweden. Oh, okay, so Stonehenge actually does come up. Then there's Stonehenge in England, where which was built as a way in a way that lines up perfectly with both the summer and winter solstices. That's what I thought. Okay, I knew it had something to do with that. Oh no, I was saying it was built during the Stone Age. 
which I'm, I'm still not sure if that's true or not, but yeah, it does. It, a lot of people actually trek out to Stonehenge for the summer winter solstices because of the way it lines up. And it's this very, very magnetic area. Um, and you know, usually that means like, if you can go out and your cell phone jams and compasses stop working, you're in like a serious area of magic and power. Um, so a lot of people trek out there for winter and summer, which I want to do that. Oh, I should have done that. Is it too late to go? Is it too late to go to England in two days? <laughs> Probably. And then I'll get there and be too jet lagged anyway. Okay. Although some speculate that the site was built as an alien aircraft landing zone. I'm going to say probably not for that. Uh, it's more likely that it was created to mark the passage of time. So yeah, when you go there um, during different parts of the year, you can see how the light is hitting Stonehenge. Um, and the belief that I've always heard, not necessarily that it was built by Druids, but that it was very much used by Druids for ceremonies and rituals and for, um, <laughs> and for ceremonies, sorry you said that, but kind of their own uh, beliefs and practices. Uh, Stonehenge attracts thousands of tourists every year who will come to witness the summer solstice, which is marked by the rising sun aligning with the altar, slaughter, and hailstones. Y'all, should that be your second trip? Like, let me know, because I really, I know I said this kind of in passing in the travel episode, but I really would like to have some kind of meetup where we could all get together, you know, like have a, a coven person to person face to face situation. And I, I really want to do Salem if I can figure out how to get like sponsors for it or something. Let me work a little uh, magic. And I mean, real, I'm going to do some candle magic and some spells, but also let me work a little PR Instagram magic and see what I can do. But should, oh, can we go to Stonehenge? Let's figure it out. Let's uh, let's see what we can work out. Cause that would be. Could you just think of something more beautiful than a bunch of bad witches, you know, out at Stonehenge, doing some rituals, but doing them probably like a minute too late because we're bad witches and we were sightseeing before or something. All right, last little line about this because I think it's interesting. Solstices aren't just restricted to Earth either. All planets in our solar system sit at its hilt. So they each experience their own seasons, thanks to solstices and equinoxes. That's cool. I think that's so cool. And it's also another reminder that when we're dealing with space and magic and all of these things, they absolutely are bigger than just us. And, you know, sometimes that can be kind of an isolated feeling like this world's so big and this universe is so big and how am I significant? But the fact that you're just here and the fact that you do contribute in any way, you know, and the fact that you do have your magic and you put out good magic and good intentions to the world, you absolutely contribute to that. But it, it is, I think it's humbling, but also a really special feeling to realize how massive the universe is. I mean, I always will start thinking about space and then I get overwhelmed and I'm like, don't think about that anymore. <laughs> and like the limitlessness of it. But in a way it reminds us of our own limitless, limitlessness and all the things that we're capable of and can achieve and of the natural magic that connects us all. So I think that's beautiful. That's why I wanted to add in that last line and not skip over it. The only thing I really skipped was uh, the math and the degrees. And I'm sure Lena can actually explain that to us if we ask her to. So just get in the Facebook group, you know. Um, okay, so we have gone through the definition of the solstice. We have talked about Shakespeare, which is really important. Um, and we have talked about where the name comes from and what it actually means. You know, so it's the length of the day, the longest day of sunlight we will have at noon, 11.54 again. So let's talk about, as witches, what we can do with that. How do we celebrate summer solstice? And, you know, it is a celebration. It's, you know, I don't want to do something that's so, like, spell and ritual heavy. It's it's about celebrating. Like, the sun has been 
growing and growing and growing all this time and it's finally going to be at its peak and then once this full day is through the days are going to start incrementally getting shorter and shorter and the sun's power not that it it wanes overall but like our access to the sun and what the sun provides to us it's going to be lessened and lessened and then next thing you know <laughs> we'll be at our winter uh, solstice and we'll barely have any daylight to play with so it is you know, along with this like strawberry full moon or the honeymoon, the mead moon, it's very joyous. It's a celebratory feeling. And so it's not that you necessarily have to, you know, pull out, get on your altar and decorate it with uh, seasonal summer fruits and summer herbs that you've picked at sunrise, which absolutely tons of witches do that to really bring in that summer feeling and that fertility feeling and the abundance because there's so much fertility and abundance. And of course, you know, always when we talk about fertility on this podcast, it's not necessarily um, childbearing. It's it's fertility of ideas and of of support and just an abundance of everything. So absolutely, if you want to rise at dawn and go watch the sunrise and and feel that fire from the second it's up until the second it's down and decorate your altar and do your spells and sit there and meditate and manifest, go for it. But also, if you want to rise at dawn and just go dance outside, <laughs> it's even better. Put like this is the one thing I really wish I would have been able to do in Sweden. Take it from the Swedish man; they got a good celebration going. Put your flower crown on, find a maypole, erect a maypole, put some flowers on a pole, and dance around with it, and feel the sun on your face and feel it on your body. And yeah, do do it at sunrise because for a lot of us, it's a hundred degrees. <laughs> now and I don't want anyone getting overheated or um, getting like an exertion headache or getting dehydrated or anything but you know it doesn't have to be like strict spell work it can just be appreciation and honor you're honoring the sun and all the sun gives us by dancing in in the sunshine by singing by um, you know nourishing your body and just letting the sun be on your skin and just drawing in the energy from that way so if you want to just be chill about it you know, and, and be a bit of a bad witch and not have to make it a day of spell work and rituals and you just want to enjoy the sunshine, that's a wonderful way to honor it still. So that, that is a perfectly valid uh, solstice celebration. Now, if you want to actually kind of harness the power and you, you, know, you don't want to let a good day go to waste, then you can absolutely get your altar going. Decorate as such. Um, if you are a green witch, you're going to want to go out at sunrise again and gather whatever herbs and plants you can and start your magic that way. And also kind of the idea of hold on to the plants that you gather then to be used in spell work that you're going to do throughout the summer season and then throughout this process of the sun, you know, just drawing away from us a little bit each day because you're not going to have certain plants and certain things available to you all times of year. And if they're picked at the peak, <laughs> it's hard to say together, if they're picked at the peak of this longest day of the year, and when the sun is just at its most biggest and brightest and powerful, it's taking in that sun's energy. And so it will be an asset to all of your spell work and all of your rituals throughout this period, you know, use it fresh, dry, let it hang and dry some of it out, but you can have it there for all of your potions and lotions and all that good stuff. It is a really good day. If you have a local coven to meet up with your coven, because it's just such a beautiful shared energy amongst us. But you know, a lot of people don't have that, or you may be a solitary witch and 
you know, you like to practice and mind your own business, which is fine. <laughs> so another thing you can do if you're just on your own is um, just burn a candle for the day. Again, sunrises, a good situation, but you can also start at 1154 because that is our pinnacle peak moment or, you know, right around noon. Bad witches have other stuff to do. Probably won't be right on time. But if you want to burn a candle from sunrise to sunset or start it when it hits its peak, it's just another way to connect to that fire, that sun energy. It's another way to honor and to say, thank you for your presence. I am welcoming your presence. I am basking in your presence. I am thriving in your presence. Um, as always, if you're working with candles and fire, please do not leave it unattended. Please uh, have a, bo a bottle of water, a bowl of water, anything nearby, uh, just in case things go crazy. Take it from someone who uh, is a recovering pyromaniac and almost lit her house on fire as a kid many times because of all her fascinations with fire and candle work. So yeah, be careful with that. But it, it's another way that you can just be present in the summer solstice moment and the energy. And even better, if you use that candle, not to just have it lit, but to use it for a meditation or to use it for a manifestation. So this is what I was wanting to talk about last week where I was like, oh no, we'll talk about it next week. Um, just a check in on what we've been manifesting. It's something that we should always be actively doing. And for a lot of us, it's something we subconsciously do. You know, you're a strong manifester. That's why we always say, be kind of careful with that, with what you think or say or speak, because what you put out is what the universe hears. And it's like, all right, cool. I uh, heard that. Is that you sure? Because that's what's going to come your way. But to be actively manifesting, it's a wonderful time when you have that candle lit, you know, go for a green, go for an orange, go for a yellow or red, get into those fiery colors or get into a green for abundance. Because again, it is a time of fertility, a time of planting, a time of harvest, a time of, a, it's a life cycle, you know, we're cycle circle. Here we go. But <laughs> it is the summer solstice is acknowledging the end of one cycle. And at the same time, the beginning of another cycle. And it's really that perfect balance moment right in the middle. So it is so great for manifestation. So, uh, you know, go back to our handy dandy candle magic episode. If you have any questions about that, if you want to just kind of check back in and dust that off a little bit, but at once, if you want to just burn the candle, just to have that flame and to be connected to the sun's power that way. Or if you actually want to manifest and you want to do an abundance spell, um, you know, bring in your citrine. That's not our crystal of the week. We're going to get there in just a second, but bring in your citrine, uh, bring in your gold tiger's eye or your red tiger's eye. Um, if you're not using an altar, you don't even have your altar built yet. You can still just line it around the candle. You know how I like to do it. Rub your hands together. So, I think using, and the best way to use the sun's power in this instance, you know, I always like to say, I like to rub my hands together to kind of just create my own heat and energy. I wouldn't necessarily do the spell outside because I think if you're outside in the sun, depending on where you live, and then you're outside lighting candles, number, like number one, the wind is just going to knock it out at some point. And you, you know, we never want our flame to be extinguished. We never want it to be, to go out because that just cancels out all the magic and energy you just put in. But what I would do is I would have my candle outside. I would prepare it in the sun. You know, whatever crystals you want to put in, I would charge them in the sun. I would let myself be outside and charge myself with the sun's energy and then move it into a safe, cool place where you cannot worry about your flame going out or uh, your candle just melting within an hour because it's so hot outside for some of us. But yeah, let yourself be charged. Let your candle be charged. Let your crystals be charged. Let your herbs be charged. 
even if you want to bring your water outside, let that be charged. Any, um, like, uh, any ingredients you may use, if you want to circle your candle with salt or with brick dust, bring it out into the sun and just let it soak in all of that, like, high power, high intensity, abundant, fertile energy. And then, you know, move somewhere safe <laughs> and rub your hands together, get that energy going, pull out all of that energy from the sun, transfer it into your candle. So for me, you know, I like to just hold it over my candle, say, say my speak. If it might be a prayer that day, it might be a, a spell and a, a kind of like a spell cadence that day. Or I may just be speaking aloud because sometimes when you're so worried about saying your spell in the right order and making sure it rhymes, making sure you have your be thou's, thus and all that, you, you're so caught up in making sure that you're doing everything correctly that you're kind of missing the purity of the moment. And sometimes it's okay. I mean, a lot of the times, not just sometimes it's okay to just speak it out. It's okay to just say, this is what I'm doing this for. This is what I'm hoping to manifest. This is where I'm putting my energy. I am thanking the sun. I am honoring the sun. Let's do the damn thing. Or, you know, if you don't want to speak it out, write it down and place it next to your candle or, um, even sliding it underneath the written piece of paper underneath the bottom of your candle. But again, um, if you're choosing to, if it's something that you want to let go of, if it's that kind of manifestation, manifestation or intention you're trying to set where you're trying to release a person, a place, a situation, a habit, something that's just not working for you. And you want to use that sun charged candle to, uh, in the flame of that candle to burn it up again, just please be careful. <laughs> Bowls of water nearby never hurt. Uh, it never hurts to just have a small fire extinguisher nearby or anything you can use to snuff out the flame and let it just burn, baby, burn. And that flame, especially if you've taken the steps to power all of the different ingredients and all the different tools you're going to use in your rituals with that sun that day, you're just going to find that that flame is going to be even more intense and bring you even more of what you're asking for. And, you know, the flame by itself on any day is powerful. Fire is just such a powerful element. It's just, you know, listen, I don't have to go through a love letter to fire because I already did it for y'all. <laughs> did a whole episode. Oh, hour and a half. I'm pretty sure I just gushed about how much I love flame. But yeah, so that's probably how I'm going to be celebrating. But again, um, if you're a green witch, harvest what you can and hold on to it because we only are going to have the sun at that kind of power that day. And then it does start to wane, you know? And if you're a kitchen witch, cook with those elements, you know, go out and gather them and just make something, you know, especially when we talk about like the hearth and the home and being in the kitchen, it's like the heart of the house. It's the warmth of the house, the warmth of the sun. It's all connected together. If you're a solitary witch, you want to just do your candle uh, manifestation like I am or, and meditate with it and connect with the sun and all that, go for it. If you can meet up with your coven, it's a wonderful time just to share magic and energy because the sun is going to be giving us so much magic and energy. And if you just want to get up and dance and put a flower in your hair and drink, you know, some water and let it sit out in the sun and just lay out and soak it all in, that works too. <laughs> you know, get started on your summer tan. That is another way of honoring the sun and being connected. If you can feel the sun's rays on your skin, you're doing enough. But yeah, it's just such, I don't know. Y'all are going to be like, this full moon's been horrible for us and you're being so annoying because we're so happy about it. But just with the strawberry full moon being something that's so happy and so abundant and Sagittarius being a sign that's about vitality and boldness and like lively, li not livelihood, but like being alive, vitality. And then having the sun, which represents 
life and abundance of fertility. And, you know, like we wouldn't survive without the sun. It powers our lives. We wouldn't, our plants wouldn't grow without the sun. There is no life without the sun. I mean, it's so essential. Just like, you know, it's, it's opposite would be, well, it's opposite would be the moon kind of, but like fire and water, they're so essential to us existing. And so there just is so much life in there and life breeds abundance and the sun breeds abundance. So do what you will with it. Um, uh, it's a good idea to always smudge, you know, when you're starting off a ritual and especially when you have this whole ritual day where anything's possible, it's a wonderful idea to get up kind of like in those twilight hours and smudge it all out. So your energy is just, just right. Even if you do just end up, you know, putting on some flowers and dancing around barefoot. Oh, there's also this thing that is like a superstition, uh, or a practice with, um, the summer solstice. Oh my gosh. I can't remember what it's called. Water, water. Well, dang it. Dang it. Basically though, the belief is if on the summer solstice, you look into a pool of water, you will be able to see your soulmate. And you know me, <laughs> I'm very nosy about my love life. And so I'm, I'm going to try, I'm, I have to remember the name of it. Shoot. Um, you know what? I'll look it up after I'm done recording and I'll post it in the Facebook group. It's called well, I was about to say well watching, but I think I'm thinking of whale watching water dressing, whale dressing. I can't remember. I'll look it up and put it in the Facebook group for anyone else that wants to try it, but you're supposed to be able to look in the water that day and see what's going on. So I don't have to wait until what is it? January 21st when I'm supposed to do my St. Ag Agnes ritual with the garlic and all that, I can just do it on Friday. And finally, my love, my one true love, Bill Skarsgård will be revealed to me. <laughs> and I don't know, I'll like, I don't even, he doesn't have social media. I'll slide into his DM somehow. I don't know how, but I got to get the confirmation from the water first. But it's just kind of a, a witchy belief that at that time it will manifest for you. And so yeah, summer solstice is just a beautiful time. And however you can make the best of it, make the best of it, you know, and I'm sure you have rituals and um, spells you'll be practicing that day that I'm not naming here. I'm just, you know, naming the ones I know and the ones I've done before and the ones that are kind of uh, most, most shared between witches for these days. But, uh, oh, oh, you know what else is great? Although, shoot, you're only going to be hearing this two days out. Thus, like my dilemma where I can't go to Stonehenge, which I really wanted to now. <laughs> Listen, we're going to have our second witch meetup at Stonehenge for uh, December 21st. Write it down now. But if you know of a spot around you locally, that unless you got it like that and you can get on a plane and go to Stonehenge for Friday, if you can, take some pictures. I'm very jealous. Post it in the group or on Twitter. And I'm going to be like, damn, nice. But if you have somewhere locally, I mean, you know, like, Every community, every city, town, there's always a place that's like, you know, is magic, you know? And it's maybe the place you went to when you were a kid. <laughs> What's that mean? People have been posting in the group a lot. Um, and I kind of meant to talk about it, where you're a witch kid because you used to take like a stick and then whatever berries, leaves, um, outside water from the creek and mud that you can find and mix it together and make potions. <laughs> like that's such a witch kid thing. We all used to do that. I remember for me specifically, I would always get, um, we had mimo oh. Is that what they're called mimosa plants am I just thinking of a drink I think they're called mimosa plants I could that could be wrong but it has um these brown they're almost shaped like bananas and it has these brown kind of seed leaves and they're sealed and you have to crack them open to take the seeds out 
because then the flowers are like pink powder puffs that you would get, you know, from old school makeup and do your cheeks and everything with. And so I used to take those flowers and those seeds. And then my grandma always had um, like mint in her backyard, like mint and thyme and figs and stuff. So I get like fig leaves. And we had just a little pond in between two of the properties. And so there used to be like green algae in there. So I would like scoop out some of the algae and pond water. And then I'm from Louisiana, so moss. And I would just mix it up and be like, yeah, there you go. It's a, it's, it's a potion. It's a salve. It's all those things. So I, if you have witch kid memories like that, tell me what's the stuff you used to mix together. Because, God, we just do it from day one. And it goes back to the thing of all of our ancestors. They were aligned to magic. They wanted to be in this magical world. And they were so into it. And it's just like this modern world that's been like, oh, that's not real. You're crazy. If you're a witch, you're a heathen. And, you know, you're evil. And you're flying across the sky at night and stealing babies and stuff like that. And it's just like, no, we are magical beings. And we seek it out. And witch kids are so evident of that. We're, we're out there making potions and lotions and motions and all that stuff. How did I even get on this tangent? <laughs> oh, yeah, that you'll have your own rituals and spells. So absolutely feel free to share them. Um, and, you know, we always we have. So in Witch World, in Wicca, we have basically different. Mm, I don't want to call them. Pinnacles. I can't think of the right word. And we're going to, I think I'm going to talk about this next week, like full out. Cause I talked about Samhain and we talked about Yule and we talked about Midsummer now or Letha is how you refer to it in um, Wicca. I believe it's Letha, L-I-T-H-A, Letha, um, the summer solstice. So we might talk about all the like, they're not ceremonies so much, all the like decar demarcations of entering and leaving different parts of the Wiccan witch year, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, we might talk about that soon. But the point is, we have different rituals and spells that we're going to use for all of these, these important dates for us. You know, we don't go with like, the normal calendar necessarily, like we have other holidays that are really important to us as witches. And you know, there's like, and then Samhain is basically Halloween and you have all souls after which is like two songs it's it's a whole thing we'll talk about it next week <laughs> I think that we should just deep dive all of the witch dates that are really important because we've already been through one and then we did we talk about Ostara when we did around Easter did we talk about that for like the spring equinox I that's a card that I reference a lot and I think I have talked about that card on this podcast because she's one of my favorites and again she represents fertility and it's that same kind of fertility where we're not just talking about motherhood or fatherhood but we're talking about just the birth of a, of a lot of possibilities so yeah I think we might do that next week but all that to be said <laughs> I'm always planning this podcast while I'm talking about it all that being said um, whatever rituals and spells you have absolutely share them with us send me an email and if since I am going to, I think, do that next, then whatever you, rituals you have, if you want to send them in, I will absolutely read them on the next episode. So it doesn't just have to be for um, the summer solstice, since we'll be past that. But if you have them for any other time, any other equinox or solstice or witchy celebration, then let me know and we'll talk about it all next week. Um, What else? Oh, our crystal of the week. <laughs> what do I mean? What else? Uh, well, our crystal of the week, uh, I think you should be able to guess it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a second. Anyone? 
okay, it's sunstone. <laughs> of course it's sunstone. What could be more perfect from the summer for the summer solstice? So, um, you know, we have our heavy hitters that we've been talking about this whole time. Citrine, golden tiger's eye. Those are two of my absolute favorite. If you're a witch kid, if you were making the, the potions in the backyard with the sticks and the grass and the leaves and the dandelions, I promise you probably the, one of the first three stones you ever got was tiger's eye. That's just what we do. <laughs> that is a witch kid. That that's like our bottom line. That's a signature right there. Um, but they really, anything that's in that gold family harnesses. I mean, and that's the whole thing about the color gold too which maybe we sh we will have to get to at some point as well, is it is such an abundant, life-giving, like there's a reason that gold is so valuable, you know? And so any stone that has that golden tone to it is amazing for abundance and for manifestation. So that's why I was saying, if you're going to pull out your yellow, orange, or red candle, or your green candle, if you want to do like money abundance specifically, line it up with the citrine and the gold tiger's eye, hit it up on the altar, like get going. And those are two we've already talked about. So of course I find myself in a situation where I'm like, Oh, I already talked about those crystals. Uh -oh. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, sunstone. So here is the download on sunstone. If you've never seen it before, it's, the color is a little hard to describe, you know, so many stones have variations just within each individual one. And that's why when I go to the store, like I've explained before, I like to do it where I don't necessarily just go visually, but I like to put it in the palm of my hand and see what resonates with my heart chakra and what shoots up my arm. And so the best way I can describe it, if you're on the lookout for it, if you want to grab it in the next day, um, is that it kind of looks like the inside of a grapefruit. It reminds me of like ruby red grapefruit color, but also if like the color orange and the color red and the color gold all got together and had a baby, that was a really gorgeous color. So that's what it looks like. Does that make sense? It's like, the best way I can describe it is ruby red uh, 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 grapefruit. I, I don't know if that's helpful, um, but it's just a radiant stone. It's a joyful stone. It does harness the energy of the sun. So again, it's another one on that day that you want to take out early and you want to just charge, 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 charge. It's almost like, um, oh my gosh, what is that? It's not My Little Pony. It, of course it's not My Little Pony. What is that movie I'm thinking of? Shoot. Okay, well, this is <laughs> this is the closest comparison I can come up with. You know that episode of Game of Thrones, which I still haven't watched the last episode, but I I, I can't. Where um Daenerys, what's the guy's name? I can't remember. There are two meetings in that show, but it's when she's in Yun. This is when she's in Yunkai. You know, we don't have time for this. I can't I can't try to remember every detail, but it's when the guy who who welcomes her into the city when she has a Dothraki and Khal Drogo has you know died been killed all of that stuff and he's telling her oh I own all the wealth and all the you know I have more money or whatever than you could ever want and then she finds out that the kind of servant but friend character that's Dor Doria Doria that was with her had betrayed her and was like sleeping with him and she catches them together and he makes she makes him take him down to the vault and she takes the key it's like a necklace around his neck off and she puts the key in and you've also seen this in movies like The Mummy 
or things like that. And she turns it and the vault opens and it's empty. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, so it's kind of that, that concept of having that elaborate key and you plug it in and the whole thing starts to shine, you know? It's, it's a trope that's used in movies and TV all the time in Aquaman. <laughs> Apparently I'm an Aquaman super fan. Uh, there's a part where they have to, you know, like go read a message and they put the crystal thing into the old machine and then it glows and then it finally works. So think of a sunstone in your practice with the summer solstice as like something you would plug in and it's like the missing key and the whole thing ignites. And that's what, the more you let it charge with the energy of that sun, especially, listen, I know it's hard to get up that early. I get it. But if you can meet the sun at sunrise and let it charge, 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 charge as the sun is raising in the sky. And then at 1154, it is like, dun, 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 fully brilliant, fully charged. And you bring it back. And it's that concept of like plugging it in. You're plugging it into your practice and the whole thing illuminates even more brightly and it sparkles. And it's just at its full fruition. So if you're going to use it, I would take it outside and charge it with the sun's energy. Sunstone under the sun. Like, of course you're going to do that. But yeah, it's a stone that is just, beautiful. It's joyous. It reflects the qualities that we think of when we think of light. And we, we talk about being, um, you know, like light workers and white witches. And so there is a sense of openness and benevolence and warmth and strength and mental clarity. And just to be able to offer blessings to other people and to receive blessings. And that's so much about kind of honoring the sun during this period too, is like be open to the blessings that it's offering you. Sometimes it's so hard for us. No one stands in our way like we do. You know what I mean? Like, of course, there's always situations where other people will get in our way, other things will get, things that are just out of our control. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, no one can mess us up or stand in our way like we can. It's It's pretty phenomenal. And it's like, sometimes we just block our own blessings because we don't think we deserve them. Which is why I'm always like, hey, you know, we deserve good. And so it is really important to on summer solstice to just embrace, embrace the heat, the rays of the sun, the fire. Because if we don't embrace our own blessings, it's not like they're going to go away, but they just won't make it to us. They'll just be like, you know, a puppy outside a window waiting for you to let it in. And you're just like, oh, I don't deserve this or I'm not ready for that. Yeah, just let it in. Your blessings are your blessings. They're meant for you. Like do the damn thing and let it happen. So it is a reminder kind of with this like expansive radiant color and this abundance attached to it, that it's okay to be accepting of all the abundance that's also being offered to you. You know, and we're talking so much about just the life giving aspect of the sun and sunstone. If you're wearing it and you're not just using your practice, it just gives you that feeling, this feeling that I'm coursing on right now from the moon, <laughs> from the moon and the sun, I guess that is what it will try to stoke in you. It's just a stone of being alive and vitality and heat, you know, just heat and fire that's keeping us warm and alive and functioning and going. Oh, oh, an alive body is a warm body. And it's a stone for strength. You know, if you wear it, you'll find that you feel stronger. Your intentions are stronger. Everything you do is just touched with a little more strength and a little more life. And just, it just has more possibility of coming alive in a even more beautiful and better way than if you aren't working with it. So that is our crystal of the week, our beautiful ruby red grapefruit sunstone. <laughs> but if you don't have time to grab it in time for a summer solstice, no problem. If you have citrine on hand again, if you have um, golden tiger's eye or red tiger's eye, it really, you know, when we talk about um, um, correspondences, it really is, it's there for a reason. And it makes, you know, sense when you think about it logically. So anything red, 
orange, yellow, those sunshine colors, bring them in. If you want to go and pick flowers and work with those kind of plants for the day, perfect. And if you aren't a green witch or a kitchen witch and you don't cook or work with plants in that way and herbs in that way, it's still a wonderful flower to wear in your hair or to pin to your shirt or your dress or to just, you know, give someone a bouquet of it. A bouquet? A bouquet. Bouquet? <laughs> give someone a bouquet. Bouquet? I don't know the word. Y'all, I, I legitimately speak French, but okay. Um, to give it to someone else and to pass the blessing and the gratitude of the sun's energy as well. You know, someone that you love and honor and cherish or a fellow witch, anyone. So yeah, think about working in those colors, whether it be flowers, whether it be the clothes you choose to wear that day, whether it be the candles you decide to work with or the stones. If you're doing any of your rituals with um, your bathing rituals or making any kinds of uh, floor wash, you know, all that stuff we talked about in the ritual, <laughs> ritual episode, ritual episode. I think it's time for me to stop talking. <laughs> it's just, we have so many ways that we can cherish the sun and make it, you know, a, just a good day to be a witch and a good day to be alive, especially if we're still coursing on this strawberry moon energy. So yeah, that is our, oh gosh, we talked about so much. That is uh, where solstice comes from, what it means, what to do with it, why witches love it and how to make the best of it. Hopefully <laughs> fingers crossed. Okay. Oh, homework. Okay. Well, your homework is to enjoy the summer solstice. Nothing too complicated. You don't, again, you don't have to do any deep witchering around if you want to just lay out and get a tan and enjoy a sunshiny, beautiful day with yourself or with friends or with family or with your pup or your kitty cat. Just read a book, drink some water, have a good life. There's there's no particular witchery or witchcraft has to be done this week. Um, but you know, if you do your candle work or you um, do that well water work, I'm going to look that up so soon. Or you want to cook and do spells that way. Or if you want to, you know, pull your stuff in the garden, you want to start a new altar for the summer season um, and clear all your old one and, and, or even just take your crystals outside and cleanse them. Any little bit is, is good enough for me, which, what does it matter if it's good enough for me? It's good enough for all of us. <laughs> but yeah, your homework is just to enjoy the summer solstice and, and have a great day and be blessed and beloved and, and you know, just just enjoy it. We have, oh God, man, life is so stressful. And we, we have a year and a, I know I keep, this isn't a political podcast, but we're political beings. So I got to talk about sometimes we are about to have so much foolery over the next year and a half before this election. So self-care is really important. <laughs> and, you know, just, we're probably all going to find ourselves going deeper and deeper into our witchcraft and, trying to just find happiness and enjoyment in everyday moments as we should be doing anyway, because it's just going to be nonsense and stress while we watch all this stuff happen. So anyway, <laughs> I am wishing all of you a, above all else, peaceful summer solstice. I am wishing you a productive summer solstice. I am wishing you a sun-filled, warm, and loving summer solstice. Um, I love you all. I did not mean for this episode to be an hour and a half. I specifically told myself, stop doing an hour and a half. <laughs> it's okay to cut it down to an hour sometimes and, you know, not, not make these long, insane episodes. But here we are. We had so much to talk about. We just always have, there's just so much. Um, yeah, I love you all. And I'm, I just hope we all have a wonderful summer solstice. Um, 
you're all the best. You you make my world, and I I you just deserve good, and I deserve good, and we all deserve good. And ain't no coven like our coven. Ain't no coven like our coven. Okay, officially time for me to stop talking. I love you all. I will talk to you next Wednesday. Blessed be and goodbye.